Today's episode is still on this topic of creating your postpartum care team, and we are joined by an EFT practitioner. I first heard about EFT just a couple of short years ago, and I was just super intrigued and curious how it could help through the postpartum period. So whether you've heard about it before or you're just looking for another tool in your tool belt, today's episode is going to give you an opportunity to get exposed to it, meet this practitioner, Maria, and also learn how you can get in contact with her to see if it's a good fit for you. So if that's of interest, be sure to tune in. Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression in motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. If you haven't heard the news, this month for the first time ever, I am co-hosting a postpartum mind workshop with a licensed psychotherapist. This is going to be a three-hour workshop where you have the opportunity to get equipped with some cognitive behavioral therapy tools, which is what I used to walk through postpartum depression, as well as get in community. So if that sounds like something that you're looking for, you can grab your seat. It's only $37. You can head to workshop.arielwozniak.com to find out more. I hope to see you there. Hey friend, before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to give a brief disclaimer. I have a guest on today's episode and I'm super excited about that. However, I do want to let you know that Any views that you hear from my guests are held by the guests alone, and my views are my views. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in, and I'll introduce you to our guest. On today's episode, we are joined by Maria. Maria is not only a therapist, but she is also a certified transformational EFT coach. She empowers moms to rise, heal, and thrive by embracing their authentic power and inner wisdom, deeply healing themselves, and creating the motherhood of their dreams. Please help me welcome Maria to today's episode. Maria, welcome to today's episode. Hi, Ariel. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am really excited to talk with you. I know when we first had a conversation, um, I honestly, I still don't know a ton about um, EFT and tapping, but I just have heard so many stories about how it is transformational. And I think that your story is super powerful. So I would love for us to just start off there. If you could just Tell me a little bit about this journey to becoming an EFT practitioner and what that actually looks like. How did you kind of get here? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, EFT, I've been kind of newer to the EFT. I've only been doing it for about two years now. Uh, My journey kind of started a long time ago. I'm a therapist by uh, training as well and kind of been in the profession for over a decade at this point. Um, And, you know, I'm trained in kind of more traditional talk therapy. I am a um, marriage and family therapist, so work a lot on family, has always worked on family and family systems and just kind of seeing how the whole family system works. And I've always been interested in it, always loved it, but it didn't kind of hit the same before I was a mom. And once I became a mom, things really shifted for me because I had this very 
Um, now I want to say it's a transformational experience. When it was happening, it surely did not feel that way. When it was happening, it felt really dark and really heavy. Um, I ended up having very severe postpartum depression, which for me actually started in pregnancy, probably about halfway through somewhere my second trimester and falls into the story of hindsight is 2020. I didn't realize it then. None of my doctors did because during pregnancy, it's really hard to really understand your mood swings. Is this normal pregnancy or maybe it's something we should be worried about, but nobody caught it. Um, and then I had a traumatic birth. It was um, a little premature, you know, my baby was a, he was early term, so he was healthy, everything was fine, but it was a couple of weeks earlier than it was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen in this wonderful, relaxing birth center in a very natural way, in a tub, you know, everything was supposed to be perfect and beautiful, except it didn't work that way. I ended up in the hospital with a C-section because my baby turned breech mid-labor, which is unusual, but he had enough water to turn around and that's what he did. So we had to go into a C-section. I was unprepared emotionally. It was very traumatizing. I had kind of a mixed bag of uh, people working. I had some that were very supportive and great. And then I had some that made the experience really uncomfortable for me. So, you know, had a C-section. The birth was somewhat traumatic because my son didn't take a breath for a few seconds. And if you've ever been there, you know, those are like the longest seconds of your life. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was, it was hard. So, you know, so, so many things were happening that just like, pushed it towards this really traumatic birth and really traumatic postpartum. I started having, you know, previous trauma come up and really dragged me down. I was very unsure of myself, felt like I was failing as a mother. On top of that, I wasn't sleeping because my son wasn't feeding well. So we had breastfeeding issues. I was in pain, uh, you know, recovering from the C-section pain from breastfeeding him. Um, it was really stressful. We had to weigh him all the time. So it's just, it, felt so terrible. There was just so many things happening that were feeding the depression, but also feeding anxiety on top of that. So I had this very severe postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but I also presented as one of these patients that when I went to my OB that I was happy and everything's fine. I'll put on this mask. So nobody really caught on when my husband tried to catch on to it. I very much rebuted him and said, uh, no, I'm fine, even though I wasn't. I had a lot of anger, so lots of yelling, lots and lots of things, a very dark period. Um, and, you know, it lasted for a good six years before I was able to find EFT to kind of take more control over it because regular therapy wasn't really working. I'm not one to take um, the pharmacological uh, route for personal reasons, never been a fan. Um, and I felt like, you know, supplementation and, and kind of like uh, a lot of these like natural holistic ways we talk about, they just weren't cutting in. It was not getting rid of that depression. And that was when I was kind of my lowest point when my eldest was about, he was five, uh, we moved to Chicago. So there's lots of stresses happening. And, you know, I just feel like I'm going under even more so than before. And that's kind of where EFT courses started falling into my lap. Uh, and I decided to take a chance on it and take it and see, you know, at worst, I would heal myself or at worst, I spent like $500 on something that didn't work. Um, 
but then I started doing the courses and I started doing the work on myself and I realized how powerful it was and how many shifts I made in a relatively short time. Um, I also then got a chance to work with other uh, people as well, other students and other coaches. And it really helped me recover from whatever postpartum depression I had left and whatever anxiety I had left. In well under a year, I would say probably took about six to eight months to really feel like this dark veil finally lifted that I didn't think was possible. And, you know, I do uh, give credit to EFT because without EFT, I wouldn't be here today sharing the story, talking about it and, you know, feeling like there is hope for postpartum depression that you can absolutely come out of it and experience motherhood in a very different way. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I know I heard it once before, but even now hearing it that second time and like thinking of all the things that you tried. um, I know that a lot of my listeners are in that spot of like, I'm trying all the things I am eating well, or I'm eating the things I think I'm supposed to be eating. I'm trying supplements, I'm trying therapy. And they're still in this place of like feeling stuck and like, there's not much progress going on. And it's interesting to me to hear, like, this has been like a six-year process for you before you even discovered that there was a way out of it. Like, I feel like that sounds so, so intense. Like, (laughs) I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, six years, that's a long time. Yeah, it is. And I think I like sharing it, not to scare people, but to help people realize that it's never too late, that even if you are maybe decades out of from when you had children, but you're still struggling with something that started in your maybe first postpartum period or whichever postpartum period, uh, you could still come back and heal and continue your life in a way that isn't um, accompanied by postpartum depression or anxiety or trauma. Um, really, the key to a lot of this is trauma work. Without trauma work, we can't get out of depression and anxiety. While we, you know, in the therapeutic world, view depression and anxiety as its own diagnosis, sometimes something that's kind of like on its own. Really, the more I study and the more I kind of work with other moms as well, I realize that, you know, depression and anxiety are actually symptoms and the root cause is usually some sort of a trauma, whether it's something you yourself Mm -hmm. struggled with or something generational, but there is trauma underneath. And when you find it and you're able to heal it and move past it, then you realize that the depression and the anxiety doesn't need to exist there anymore because you're no longer in that survival fight or flight mode. Yeah, no, that's so good. Um, That's something that I talk about often is that anxiety is a symptom. So it is there for a reason. It's like a warning sign for you. Um, And I love that in your own practice and in your own life, like you've recognized that too, that the anxiety and the depression that may get its own diagnosis is a symptom of something greater, something deeper. And so it's doing that deep work to figure out what that is that can really help women to move forward. So um, I want to hear a little bit more about EFT. Like, tell me about like what this actually involves, because the first time I heard about it, I was very confused and I feel like I've gotten a little bit of a greater understanding of it, but I would love to kind of hear from you, someone who practices this on a daily, weekly basis. um, I imagine on yourself and with your clients, 
what does this actually look like? Walk me through this methodology. So EFT, when you look at it, is incredibly simple. Um, so if you're aware of, you know, acupressure and acupressure points, that what we use in EFT, we use about um, in the what's called the basic recipe, we use about nine points that are kind of all around your head and upper body. And then you also there's a point on the side of the hand. Um, and in the longer version, you will bring in finger points as well. So you could have it in as little as nine points and as much as like, you know, 20 points when you're bringing both, um, both finger, I mean, both hands, like with all the fingers in there. Uh, so it's very simple. There is a simple setup process for it where, you know, we kind of talk about what the problem is. We assess how intense it is on the level of zero to 10. And it's called the set scale, which is subjective unit of distress. Uh, it's very much uh, taken from a medical model. We use the same suds when, you know, you go to the ER to rate your pain. Maybe you work with a different, you know, pain therapist or pain specialist. Same same concept. Uh, and that's just to rate the in intensity of the emotion you're working on at the moment just for yourself. Um, after that, we do what's called a setup statement. And the setup statement is really our kind of main problem we're working on. And that setup statement has two parts to it. It has the negative part to it, which is the problem. And it's an even though statement. So you would say, even though I have this problem, this is the negative part of the statement. Then there is a positive part of the statement. And the classic one is, even though I have this problem, I love, accept, and forgive myself. So you have to bring in something positive and, you know, that part can change depending on who I'm working with and what I'm, you know, what we're talking about, whether you're actually able to believe these things. I've had to change the ending quite a bit for somebody who, when they say those phrases says, I don't love myself, I don't accept myself, you know, and it has to be a believable positive part. Um, and after that, what we do is we go through these nine points or 20 points if we're using hands as well and just repeat kind of what the problem is. So, you know, let's say the problem is anxiety. So at every point that we're tapping, we say, you know, this anxiety or this worry or this fear, and we just keep tapping through those points. Um, you can go many rounds. Usually what I do is I go through about two rounds and check in with my client just to see how are they feeling? Are they feeling about the same? Do they feel like the feel, feeling intensified? Did it get lower? Maybe some other feeling or thought has popped into their head. So it's a very fluid um, type of, uh, I want to say therapy. I mean, I use it in, you know, in both my coaching and with my therapy clients, but it's a very fluid method of work when you're working with a practitioner, because it's really dependent on what the client's feedback is, what is their body telling them, what is coming up for them. And I change what I'm saying based on that. Um, that's kind of for the healing piece that, you know, it's very fluid, very client-centered. Uh, you can also use EFT in your daily life as a self-care routine and sort of as a stress buster as well. Um, I've done it as both. I try to, you know, do my tapping daily, kind of like somebody would do a meditation. It's sort of like a moving meditation for me because it helps me concentrate on what I'm doing, helps, you know, bring my nervous system, you know, on board and also calm it down. And it just helps me get through my day. And then I also use it in kind of these more emergency situations. If I've had a stressful day and, you know, I'm not coping with something well, I will use it as a way to process whatever feelings. And so as a self-care, you could look up different scripts uh, online. You could just search 
EFT scripts for whatever problem you're having, see if somebody has a blog post. There's also a really large app called the Tapping Solutions. Um, and it has a free part and it has a paid part. So they have a lot of these kind of like predetermined scripts for different things, which is kind of nice. Um, so there's lots and lots of uh, things you can find online if you're doing it as a self-care routine. You can also, what I tell my clients in kind of later parts, um, you can tap with affirmations. I find that to be very powerful. It actually helps your nervous system and your body internalize the, the words so much better and really integrate it into you. So that's kind of what EFT is. It's pretty simple, looks very simple. We're tapping as we're talking. And so it seems like, well, how does this work? But really it works because we're connecting with our body. We're connecting with our nervous system and we're letting our nervous system know that we are safe and everything is fine. So there's, you know, your biological pieces in there from just the tapping and the predictability of the routine, right? Then you have the emotional piece where you get to talk about the problem, which is something I hear from a lot of my clients when they do it the first time is, oh my God, this felt so good because I don't allow myself to talk about these things. I push those feelings away, but really the way we get through feelings is talking about them. And so this is a nice, safe way to talk about whatever's kind of brewing underneath and is making you feel either depressed or anxious or burnt out or tired or scared, whatever it is. And it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to take care of yourself. It's a wonderful way to heal. Um, I love it personally. Yeah, no, this sounds like it's so interesting. I've never tried tapping before. I have like watched some videos about it and those sorts of things, but never actually tried it for myself. Um, so I'm kind of curious too, is this something that someone is always doing to themselves? So you talked about like acupuncture and I know with acupuncture and pressure points, it's usually the acupuncturist or whatever their title is, um, who's actually doing the work on that person's body. Um, so if someone sees you in person, like, are they doing the work themselves and doing the tapping? Are you tapping on them? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so it works on the follow the leader style. In most states, the way rules are written, you know, I wouldn't be able to touch my client and that be acceptable. So it is you are doing the tapping on yourself. You are following me because I will be tapping on the exact same points on my body. So you know, you don't have to be in the same room with me. You know, my most of my clients are virtual. So, um, you know, they're on the other side of the screen. They're touching their own body. They're just kind of following what I'm doing because you're doing the work on yourself. Uh, the one thing that I've really embraced as a philosophy, especially in this healing modality that my teacher has said, and I've really taken to it is I am not the healer. You are. You are your own healer. I am just the conduit for this. I am your... Uh, you know, your shepherd, if you will, just your companion that goes along with with you that maybe I help guide you, but you are really the healer. So it is you who is touching your own body and healing your own body, not me. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Um, definitely something that I feel like could be helpful for some people. And the, the one thing that I want to bring to everyone's attention, everyone who's listening to this is like, this is just one more tool in your tool belt. So if you're someone who's in that stage where you feel like you're fighting daily and you're not sure exactly what to do next or try next, this could be one of those things for you. 
Um, it sounds super simple. And I know, Maria, you have this really powerful story of how it has transformed your life. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, I mean, it might be something worth trying if you're in that stage where you're struggling. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I want to bring back is that maybe you're someone who's even six years down the line and you've gotten to the point where you feel like, okay, maybe there's no chance of healing now. Something like this might be an option for you, especially hearing Maria's story and knowing that she went through it for so long. Um, awesome. Anything else you want to add on for the methodology here of tapping or EFT? Just, I, you know, EFT is also, you're right, it's a tool. So like, you know, in my coaching, I primarily use EFT, but we also do a lot of meditations and visualizing. So I sort of combine the somatic work um, and somatic means that we're just bringing our body into the conversation when we're doing the emotional work, um, as well as self-compassion and mindfulness med uh, meditations and visualizations, right? And same with my therapy clients, you know, EFT is a piece of what we're doing because it is so powerful. When we bring the body into the conversation, the conversation changes a lot faster. Um, the one thing I would say about the methodology that... Um, because it could be used so broadly from self-care to deep healing. The one thing I always caution anyone against is that given that the information is really available out there and is really easy to come by, um, it makes you feel like you could be the one tackling everything and you don't need to hire a coach. You don't need to hire a certified practitioner to work with you. But I will tell you that if you're working through deep trauma or you're working through a deep depression, I would never recommend that person to do that themselves because there's a high chance of you re-traumatizing yourself. There is a high chance that you're going to get absolutely no results and you're going to get really frustrated and feel like, okay, this is another thing that doesn't work. There's certain topics that you should work with with another person because the way we heal trauma is through safety. And usually it's relational safety. So it's in relation with somebody else. That is why it's important to either find a therapist that specializes in this kind of work or a coach that specializes in this kind of work because part of the healing happens in the relationship piece. Um, so that's just kind of like a caveat with this, you know, use it for sort of lighter things with, you know, affirmation for self-care as part of your meditation, maybe even like, you know, to bring down an anxiety or a panic attack in the moment. But if we're hitting something like trauma or something from our childhood that's really heavy, birth trauma, anything like that, please work with a practitioner because you don't want to make it worse than it is. And you actually want to get better. And that's how you will get better by working with someone and not by yourself. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. Um, I think that's a really important disclaimer. Um, not only the frustration, but the potential to re-traumatize yourself. Um, so if you're out there and you're interested in EFT, um, it's definitely recommended that you would try it out with a practitioner. Um, maybe it's something that you will continue on your own, um, but getting support from someone like Maria uh, in the field who is truly an expert and kind of knows what to do here is the best first step before going off and trying it on your own. So thank you for that, Maria. Yeah. Um, I want to move on to something that I was reading through as you, as we were preparing for 
um, this episode. And one of the things that you mentioned, and I would love to hear you kind of expand on it, is you mentioned this idea that once we heal the mothers, we heal the whole family. Tell me a little bit about like what that means to you. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm a marriage and family therapist. So I look at every person as part of a system. We all have a family, whether it's a family of origin or it's a family that we created. Uh, since I work primarily with moms, you know, I'm working with women who are part of a family that they have created. And what I'm finding out, what I found out for myself and what I found out for my clients as well is while you can change anybody in that system and the system starts changing and healing and getting better, um, the mom, just because of how our society is currently, the women, the moms still carry the major burden of the emotional work, the emotional support um, in the family. So if the person who is kind of the key to the emotional well-being of the whole family isn't doing well, then the whole family starts falling apart. Um, we usually see that in kind of like, you know, a lot of um, misbehaviors in children. And I mean, things that are not developmentally appropriate, um, but we're seeing pathology in there. We're seeing, you know, relationships with their partners falling apart. Um, and the truth is, once we help the mom get into a better relationship with herself, heal herself, we start seeing the whole family healing. I'm seeing that a lot in my therapy clients and my coaching clients that it is enough for just the mom to do all this work to start really changing the whole family dynamic for the better. Yeah, and I, I get you, I hear that. Um, I do believe that moms play such an important role in the family. Like there is, moms I feel like are just irreplaceable. Um, and so I, I know that there's kind of like this it can almost feel like this like burden, but I want to flip that into like this positive of like, there's this potential for your healing to cascade in your family and for you to see positive changes, not just for you, but for the relationships that you have, maybe with your husband or significant other, with your children, all those things can be positively impacted by you healing. And that's really what stood out to me, Maria, when I, um, when I saw that quote is that it truly is like, it rings true that when moms heal, the whole family benefits from that. Because again, moms do play such a huge role in the family. Like that is just, it's the truth of it. Um, and I truly feel like moms are, they're irreplaceable. So I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit about myths. So when I first started this podcast, which if you've been a listener for a while, you already know this. Um, but one of the major goals was to show women that there is potential to overcome postpartum depression without medication. And Maria, I know you feel very much the same. So when we were talking about like these myths or things that you want to debunk about postpartum depression, um, the first one that came up for you was that you need to take medication to deal with it. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. You've already mentioned how you didn't want to take medication for yourself and kind of your personal reasons. Um, but tell me why that, that matters to you and why that maybe matters to other moms. Yeah, so the reason why it really matters to me is I actually, I sort of held this belief from the time I was in graduate school getting my psychology degree 
there was always something about antidepressants and anti-anxiety that just never sat well with me. It always reminded me of a Band-Aid effect. And it is something that we're seeing with a lot of people who are taking the medication that um, the downsides are, you know, antidepressants, they take at least eight weeks to kick in before we actually even see, are they working for you? Um, how well are they working for you? Um, they come with a lot of side effects. Uh, sometimes the side effects outweigh the benefits of what you're receiving. And another part that we're seeing with um, antidepressants, the ones that we use, is that they really are just a Band-Aid. A lot of the times, they seem to fix some symptoms, but not really everything. Then maybe they get you to the point that you're kind of functioning, but you're still feeling empty inside. You're feeling numb. You're feeling kind of sad. Uh, like it's not a major depressive episode, but you're still depressed. You're not feeling great. Um, and I never wanted that for myself. And I didn't feel like that was something I ever wanted to engage in. I'm significantly more holistically oriented you know, I will take medicine when needed, but other than that, I prefer the holistic route. And the more I kind of was learning about depression and anxiety and realizing that depression and anxiety are never the root cause of what's happening with you, it made even less sense for me to focus on, um, you know, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. Um, that's why I wanted to find a different way for moms to heal and, uh, you know, somatic work, which is what EFT is. It's part of somatic therapy is really the way to heal a lot of depression and anxiety because we're healing the trauma that's underneath because that trauma is underlying a lot of this. And again, as I said, it could be, you know, some recently acquired trauma, um, that has to do with motherhood or with birth. It could be trauma acquired in your childhood. It could even not be your trauma. It could be your mother's trauma or your grandmother's trauma that's just been passed down generationally and is part of your genetics. Um, the positive part is that we know uh, now that our genetics are malleable and we can change them. So just because we come with this baggage of trauma in our genes and our genes respond a particular way, we have the power to change it. And the way we change it is through somatic work, through work with the body, through um, you know, balancing our nervous system, through working with it, through getting out of the fight or flight, getting out of the survival mode. Um, and yeah, that's why I wanted to show this to moms that there is... There is a method and there's multiple methods, but, you know, there is EFT is one of the methods that you can use to truly heal without having to resort to any medication. And you can use supplements um, as a way to boost this, you know, kind of to help boost your system. Or you might find that you might not need the supplements anymore because you have EFT because, you know, as Ariel said that if you're working with a coach or a practitioner, you learn what entail what is entailed in the EFT process. And once you're past the really heavy work, you can keep it up on your own and it doesn't cost you anymore, right? So you're getting a cost savings there because you're not beholden to taking a supplement or a medication for the rest of your life. Your healing is in your own fingertips and in your own body. So yeah, I think to me, that's a very important myth to debunk that you have to take medication in order to heal from depression or anxiety. Yeah. Um, so many good nuggets there um, that I want to pull out. And one of those being that, you know, with medication, it takes six to eight weeks for it to get into your system and even know if it is working. And then there's so many adjustments that you have to make. 
I literally went through a year long process of working with a psychiatrist and adjusting medication and got to the end of that year and it didn't work. So yeah. there's, uh, I feel like there's this misconception that like you take medication and everything's going to like disappear and it's going to be fine, but that's not truly how medication works. Um, it really is more of a trial process of like trying it out and then maybe you'll be pushed up to another level or maybe you'll try a different antidepressant or maybe you'll add in this. And one of the things that stood out to me is like talking about like these symptoms not really like disappearing necessarily. And what I found is that I had new symptoms. Um, I was talking to a client recently who had told me that with taking an antidepressant, they actually started to get an increase in anxiety. And so because of the increase in anxiety, then they had an anti-anxiety medication. So it's like now you're just adding more and more. And then to Maria's point, it's not necessarily taking away the problem, but it is more so of like a Band-Aid. And in some situations, I feel like that can be helpful to get you to the point of like, okay, now I have just enough motivation to do the work, to do the hard work of healing. And so I, I see some value in that, but very much like you, Maria, like I had that thought of that I did not want to take medication. Um, it was recommended to me by my therapist. It was recommended to me by the psychiatrist. And so I ended up giving it a shot. And then after I decided I did not want to do that, I literally flushed it down the toilet and was like, I refuse. Um, so <laughs> I, I get that. I didn't have a good experience with it. I just felt like, you know, we're trying all this stuff out. Why not just try the deep work of healing and see how that goes versus eight weeks down the line, adjusting meds again. Um, so, so many things there that I'm just like, yes, that is, that's my story. And that's why I didn't feel like medication was the best option for me. Yeah. So. I mean, that was kind of my feeling too. I'm one of those people who's very sensitive to medication and side effects. So it never appealed to me as something that I could do that would actually work. So yeah, I like offering people another, another method. And, um, you know, some of my clientele is mothers who are immediately postpartum who are still breastfeeding. And something like this is fantastic, mm. right? Because, you know, we know we have some concerns with medication. We have even more concerns with supplements because there's not enough information to know which ones are safe during breastfeeding, let alone that if the supplement you're buying is actually well-regulated and you're getting what you're supposed to get. And it's scary, right? However, somatic work, it's not going to affect your baby in any way, shape or form, except in some ways positively, because you're going to be healing. So to me, this is like a win-win situation. You're not introducing anything into your body. You can do it while you're pregnant. You can do it immediately postpartum while you're breastfeeding. You can do it 10 years down the line. The side effects are not really there. Um, it's just that, you know, you're healing, you're bringing your body back in place. And hopefully you're doing it with someone so that you are feeling the support that you need in order to heal. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, so we have covered quite a bit. Um, this is kind of like, I feel like a, a little intro to Maria as a practitioner, but also EFT and what that looks like and how that might work for you. Um, so before we end today's episode, I would love, Maria, if you could just like is there any advice or anything that you wish that the clients that you work with who are struggling with postpartum depression or anxiety, like anything that you would leave them with, uh, just some maybe encouragement or nugget of wisdom? Yeah, so I think the biggest excuse every mom gives, and I was there too, gave that excuse a lot, is I don't have time to do this work. 
right? Because it feels like, oh my God, another appointment to do. Like I have to be healing. I have to be doing this work. This is too much. I don't have time for this. Um, And I would challenge anyone to really push against this because time is all about priorities. And it's about what can you take off your list that isn't serving you to make an hour a week to meet with a practitioner and then maybe like 20 minutes a day, every day to keep up the work. You have the time. I know it is scary, but you do have the time. You have the time to heal. And in reality, the cost of not healing is much greater than a couple of times, uh, a couple of hours a week that you'd be putting in in order to heal. And it's something that's going to pay dividends for the rest of your life. And it's a gift we're giving to children, too, because, you know, I uh, like tapping sometimes in the open to, to let my boys see what I'm doing. Um, and you know, sometimes you see them trying to use it when they're trying to self-regulate and it's really cute, uh, but it's also helping them. So, you know, it's cute, but you mm. also know that it's positive. That's, that's precisely the whole part of my quote with, you know, that the mom is the heart and soul and she heals the whole family when we heal her. This is some of it. Our kids are watching us. They watch what we model. When we model that self-care is incredibly important, when we model that healing is important, they're going to carry that lesson through their life too. And because of that, maybe they won't have to spend as many hours healing as we did. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So when you're saying that I don't have the time like to add another thing to my plate, you're actually giving more time when you do something like this and you actually heal yourself, you're giving more time to your children. I love that idea of like you are helping the future generations. And so I even think of like, if you're modeling this Maria for your children and your children are tapping and trying to self-regulate, then they're going to model that for their children and then their children for their children. And so it's like this generational blessing that you're passing on to your children and for future generations of how can I actually just heal myself in certain moments and do things that are going to be beneficial to my mind and my body. And it's something so simple to model those things. And for me in my own life, I try to do that as well. So prayer is a huge part of my life. And so I try to pray in front of my children. So they see certain things happening. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're modeling that behavior. Your children see what you do. And your children are going to most often follow your actions versus just the words that you say. Um, So then actually being able to see you do that. I I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So Maria, we've come to the end of the episode. How can people get in touch with you? So if someone's like, I just want to give this a shot. I want to learn more about this. Where can they connect with you? Yeah. So I have a website. It's parentonboard.com. You can also find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on TikTok. Uh, My handle is Parent On Board Coaching. You are welcome to message me on Facebook if you'd like to, you know, chat and talk to me more. But you're also welcome to go to the website and schedule a connection call with me to learn more about what I do, if we might be a good fit to work together. You know, I'm I'm working on a lot of things right now. I only have one-on-one coaching, but I'm also working on putting together a group coaching program, which is, you know, in the works. So if that's something you might be interested in, please reach out so we can talk and I could put you on the mailing list. And, you know, my goal is to help as many moms as I can heal. Because again, the dividends are almost infinite, because every mom that passes this healing on to their children, their children then can pass this healing on further as they grow older. And so I think that is the way we change and heal the world. 
That's awesome. Well, Maria, it has been a pleasure getting to chat with you. Um, thank you for sharing your knowledge with my audience. And again, if you're interested in the work that Maria does, feel free to reach out to her. I'll have all that information in the show notes as well um, so that you know how to connect with her. Uh, but thank you all for jumping on, for joining us for this conversation. And as always, if there is anything that I can do for you, you can always reach out to me as well. All my contact information is in the show notes. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.